Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Back in February, a record-breaking 115 million people watched Super Bowl 57 live on TV. This equates to one in three Americans tuning in to watch football's biggest game. Even this year's NBA Finals, which happened back in June, had the highest ratings in five years. And though baseball is not as popular as it once was, it's still considered America's pastime. But one sport, while popular globally, has historically struggled to gain a footing here at home. Most Americans growing up are unfamiliar with soccer, and so they aren't obvious fans to watch soccer, and they have difficulty understanding the game because it has long periods of action where there's no scoring. And if you don't know how to play soccer and you don't appreciate the intricacies of the game, then you're bored watching people pass the ball around in the field and apparently nothing happening. That's G. Edward White, the David and Mary Harrison Distinguished Professor of Law at the University of Virginia School of Law. His book, Soccer in American Culture, The Beautiful Game's Struggle for Status, chronicles the history of the sport in North America. So why have many Americans grown up scoring touchdowns or sinking baskets but not kicking around a soccer ball? To answer this question, we have to go back in time to the very beginning of the sport in 1800s England. Founders originally called the sport association football. The word soccer was, in fact, a nickname that stemmed from the word association and helped to differentiate between rugby football and its less aggressive cousin. The sport of association football thrived in England and in the UK and Scotland and Ireland and Wales and by the late 19th century was taking root abroad in areas where there's substantial British populations. So by the last two decades of the 19th century, association football is globally established. And the one might have thought that the uh, North American market, Canada and the United States, would have been an ideal place for it to take root, the, the substantial British populations and yet it did not. That's because the U.S. was busy creating its own sports, the ones that many know and love today. Games like gridiron football, baseball, and basketball. So when it was time for public schools to introduce sports into their curricula in the early 20th century, soccer was passed up because it was seen as a foreign sport. In the meantime, however, the game was still being played in immigrant communities across America. Now, there were various abortive efforts to start men's professional soccer leagues in the United States. Initially, they clustered around immigrant communities, so you have a lot of play in the Northeast, in New Jersey and Massachusetts, and the New York area and Philadelphia area. But these leagues failed to generate enough momentum. For most Americans, soccer still wasn't a part of mainstream culture. 
Instead, sports like basketball, football, and baseball took off and were widely broadcasted on radio and TV. All the while, soccer dwindled, and American leagues came and went, struggling to fill seats at stadiums. One big problem plaguing soccer? Advertising. Soccer has continuous action. You don't take breaks and, you know, the breaks between innings as you do in baseball or times in between plays as you do in football where there are opportunities for commercials. It took a long time for the broadcasters to figure out how to televise soccer and get the commercials in. But things began to change for soccer in the 1990s. In 1994, the U.S. hosted its first World Cup, over 3.5 million people attended this groundbreaking event, setting a record for highest World Cup attendance ever. The success of this event led to more interest in soccer and local leagues. Another big driver was the passing of Title IX in 1972, which prevented discrimination from a program or activity based on sex. This meant that colleges and universities had to offer equal opportunities for men and women. So if they had a men's soccer team, they needed to establish a women's soccer team. That meant that the colleges had a lot of interest in recruiting female soccer players, which meant that the public schools started having women's teams. They were required to do so as well under Title IX. And as they did, then female youth soccer emerges and also male youth soccer as more colleges and high schools established men's teams. Across the U.S., soccer teams quickly popped up at the youth, college, and professional levels. In 1991, at the first-ever Women's World Cup, the U.S. team took home first place. Fast forward to 1999, and they did it again. The combination of World Cup wins and the growth of youth soccer fostered a new generation of fans in America. People now had teams to root for, play for, and coach. The result is you get a base of people now in the United States, maybe, let's say, uh, who are 40 and younger, who have played and followed soccer and who are capable of coaching soccer at the youth level. Today, soccer is more popular than ever in America. It's easier to watch a faraway game thanks to streaming services. And if you want to watch a game in person, you can do that, too. Major League Soccer, a U.S. soccer league formed in the late 90s, has become a destination for not just American athletes, but international stars, too. Earlier this year, Miami's MLS team signed a deal with Lionel Messi, a legendary Argentinian soccer player with the most trophies in the history of the sport. The signing of Messi is absolutely huge for Major League Soccer. You know, this is not a player even though he's in his 30s, this is not a player that's kind of past it in his abilities. This is somebody who's still amazing. So the idea that he would choose to come to MLS and you know, not taking as much money as he could have gotten from other leagues to do so is just a big plus for MLS, suggesting that MLS has kind of arrived as a destination for the better players. In 2026, the U.S. will co-host the World Cup alongside Canada and Mexico. White says there's no doubt this will be another big moment for soccer in America. Last year, 8% of Americans said soccer was their favorite sport to watch, according to a joint poll conducted by the University of Maryland and the Washington Post. Go back to 2004, 
and this number hovered at just 2%. While the game's still not as popular as most other sports, it is gaining traction with younger Americans. Soccer is now more popular than baseball for young adults ages 18 to 29. As more people play, then more people learn the game and more people are prospective fans. So I think U.S. soccer is on a decisive upward trajectory. If you're interested in tuning in, the MLS season is happening now until October, and matches can be streamed on Apple TV+. The U.S. men's national team will be playing a number of exhibition games this September. To find out more about soccer in America and our guest G. Edward White, head to viewpointsradio.org. Also, check out White's book, Soccer in American Culture, available online and in select bookstores. This segment was written by our associate producer, Tabor Brewster. Our executive producer is Amira Zaveri. Our studio production manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson. Coming up next week. It not only can show you what it looks like, it also simulates a fit. So if it's something that's too small, which is usually problematic, you can see that it doesn't fit on your face. How AI is shaking up what's capable when you buy online. Then. You're also owed that money. People are watching your show, watching your show, and the studios are making that money. The CEOs are making that money. Hollywood is back in action post-pandemic. So why are so many screenwriters just scraping by? I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. And that's Viewpoints for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows and find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.